Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. The chill of winter brings on the chill of politics. I can tell you that. I like that, Bill. I like that. That's good. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, A lot of things to talk about today. Uh, But I thought we should start the show off with a smile. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, you know. Uh, We have President Trump yesterday. He was speaking in New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, President Trump can be animated. And he was a little animated yesterday. Uh, He had... um, some people asking questions. He was talking about President Biden. You know how President Biden has said uh, on occasion that uh, he'd like to take President Trump out behind the woodshed and uh, popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and fix his little, uh, you know, his fanny wagon, as they would say, well, uh, President Trump had uh, some comments about that. Yeah. Listen, listen to what he said. But did you ever hear some of these people talking about the viciousness? When you see them in a restaurant, you go in there and you know what you do to them, right? If I ever did that, if I ever did that, problems. And then remember when Biden, I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. I dream of that. You know what I do with him? Oh, I do. right in that fake nose that fake nose that have plastic lying all over the floor but I don't want to say that so when he says it they say oh he said remember when he was doing that I'd like to take him to the back of the barn you know what you do with him you just look at him and you go like this but so he can say that and they say oh did you hear him if I said it, they'd say I was violent. I was violent. There's two standards of justice. It's a very bad thing. But it's a- <laughs> President Trump. I love it. I hit him right in his fake nose. <laughs> did he plot well, I got another. I got a Biden joke for you. you know, they, they talk about dementia. They say a study was out, and this is actually a fact. The, the study was out saying that dementia is caused uh, in men by a, a lack of sex, if you can believe that. So Dr. It drives Jill them crazy, really, huh? <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Jill, really, she needs to get on that. She's got something to do, but uh, she's well, not doing her job. Well, uh, or Joe. I, I don't I know. Still, I don't know whether... Joe would be aware of what's going on anyway. He let me give you an example. Yesterday, Joe was giving a press conference. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, he he stops and he says this. See, I apologize. I have to go to the situation with another issue. I have to deal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you hear what he said? He said, "I apologize. I have to go to the situation room. There's an issue I need to deal with." I mean, okay. have you ever heard a president like say that before? No, but then again, consider his age, consider dementia. Mm-hmm. He's had accidents before. He might have to have gone to change his diaper <laughs> and go to the little boy's room. That's the situation room. Well, I guess so. <laughs> sorry, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like, it's like when we were kids, you know, we would call that room the library. Where were you? Yeah. I, I was just reading in the library. <laughs> you know, there, there was a bar one time when I was growing up. In the, they the office? The library. No, they called it the library. Well, so, there, was, you know. there, was a, there was a bar in Pittsburgh called the office. So if you called your husband, he could say, I'm, I'm no, going to be a little office. late. I'm in the office. <laughs> Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Not that know, I ever so, went there. I, I never no, went there. But, but when some floozy answers his phone, going, <laughs> 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 I 
Jim in here? It's oh, a, yeah, it's a temp. It's it's a temp secretary. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, Tucker Carlson came out with a, a new episode yesterday, episode 33, and he had, had as a guest, Bill, um, one of my favorite military uh, experts, uh, Doug McGregor, mm-hmm. Colonel Doug All McGregor. Right. And it's a, it's a terrific uh, episode. If you get a chance, you go to X, formerly known as Twitter, Tucker Carlson, go to his uh, page, and you'll see it, episode 33. We got some segments. Uh, he was talking with Tucker yesterday about, are we going to war? Are we, are we actually going to war? Listen to this. Do you think that we are moving toward war with Iran? Yes, I do. And uh, it looks like the chosen destination is indeed Armageddon. There doesn't seem to be any real appreciation for the implications for us and, and frankly, for Europe and the world, as well as the Middle East, of such action. You know, take for an example, just on the economic side, about uh, 20% of the world's oil passes through the Straits of Hormuz every month. Uh, uh, probably 25% of liquefied natural gas. And you're talking about shutting down two to three million barrels uh, a day of oil from Iran. Uh, You know, this entire region is involved in the war. This is not an Iranian monopoly by any stretch of the imagination. But the point is that when we're looking at 10-year Treasury yields up over 5%, and people are increasingly convinced that the Fed has lost control, the economic side of the House is a catastrophe. Then when you look at the military side, you have to look at the arsenal of missiles that Iran possesses. And they can reach out 1,200 miles with great precision, very uh, high explosive conventional warheads that would do enormous damage, destroying whole city blocks in places like Haifa, Tel Aviv, even Jerusalem, though I doubt they would attack Jerusalem. The, The bottom line is that we need to think this through, and everyone right now is emoting. There is no thinking anywhere, as far as I can tell. The only possible exception Maybe, amazingly enough, Mr. Erdogan in Turkey, who came out this morning and indicated he was willing to mediate uh, the dispute between Israel and Hamas. Whether or not anyone in Washington or Israel is interested in talking, I don't know. But if we could sideline Turkey and keep Turkey out of the fight, that would ultimately help Israel enormously. So what would happen to the United States if we followed Senator Graham's advice and just began bombing critical infrastructure in Iran? Like what, what would happen then? Well, all of the bases that we have in Iraq and Syria, unfortunately, where we still have over a thousand Americans, all of those would be targeted. And this time they would target them accurately and this destruction would be wholesale. I would expect trouble here at home and in the United States because of the open border. Hezbollah has a very large operation in Mexico. There are no doubt many, many, many Hezbollah agents inside the United States. We can only begin to imagine the kind of trouble they could cause. The missile and space program in Iran is very, very advanced, as is their cyber warfare capability. All of these things would be brought to bear against us. But what's most important, I think, for Americans to understand is if we attack Iran on the basis of Hezbollah's alleged willingness to attack Israel, if Israel invades Gaza, we will end up in a fight with Russia. Russia will not sit by quietly and watch Iran destroyed by the United States air and naval power in the region. 
And once Russia enters this, uh, it, it becomes much more than just a local conflict, maybe more than just a regional war. We haven't thought this through. We need to do that. And I doubt seriously at that point that the Turks would be able to stay out. The Turks are Sunni Muslims. They are the de facto leaders of the Sunni Muslim world. They have the largest armed forces in the region. They are in close proximity to Israel. They could move forces south through Syria very rapidly. And I'm sure Bashar al-Assad, assuming he even survives the opening of this campaign, would not obstruct them. Now, you have to remember that Doug McGregor was light years ahead of other experts with regard to the Ukraine and the mm-hmm. situation over there. I mean, he was the guy who was, who was saying the truthful things when everybody was spinning the story in the Ukraine. Right. I mean, right now the Ukraine is in, in terrible shape. I mean, they've had half a million casualties in the Ukraine that nobody are talking. They're not talking about it. You know, right. p- and uh, Doug McGregor was saying months ago that we shouldn't be involved with this war. It shouldn't be happening. Russia's going to take them to the woodshed. It's as simple as that. And they did, and they are. And uh, it's not getting any better. So all of a sudden, now that things are going poorly in the Ukraine, they're not doing any. Uh, they're not doing any news stories about it. It's like uh, hush, hush. We had nothing to see here. Just keep walking along, you know. Right. Anyway, yeah, uh, I was I was looking at a, a story yesterday, and I can't find it. So I was trying to find it during that. But I do know. Well, there's two two sets of stories that I just found. Number one. Uh, I guess the B-52s, you know, the, the the old group. And I don't think they have all the originals. But anyway, I guess going to do something at the uh, the state dinner or did do something at the state dinner, whatever. But I understand that we've actually fired up some B-52s from the bullpen to send over there. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. He has got, you know, we talked about the two uh, ships, the two air- aircraft carriers, yeah. the, the Ford and the Eisenhower. There's another ship that they mentioned yesterday. It's not an aircraft carrier per se. It's uh, the it's a, like I think they termed it an amphibious ship. Uh, they're all right. amphibious, but it looks like a, a smaller, shorter aircraft carrier. I believe they probably have uh, helicopters and things like that on it, uh, or maybe vertical takeoff uh, planes. Wow. Uh, but it, there's three different groups over there right now. All I can say is, when was the last time we positioned B-52s in a potential war zone or police zone? Police zone. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know how we're going to step away from this fight right now, Bill. I think that we put ourselves, we've aligned ourselves with Israel. You know, he makes some great points in this 30-minute, right. uh, 35-minute interview with Tucker. I'm going to play a couple of more cuts in a few minutes, but... Uh, he says that we really should be thinking carefully about uh, going into any kind of a conflict right now in the Middle East because, first of all, uh, there's no good PR that will come out of Israel going into Gaza because it is such a mess over there. They've already the infrastructure has been destroyed by uh, artillery and airstrikes, uh, and you're going to have. The only images you're going to see coming out of Gaza are tragedy. You're going to see mm-hmm. people, you know, the bodies and children's bodies, and you, all the bad things will be coming out of the news in Gaza. And yeah. you know, uh, they're, they're not going to win the uh, the public opinion, the world public opinion. I, Israel is going to start looking like the bad guy. 
even though they had a, a justifiable reason for going in there. And, and, and what Doug McGregor says says, you know, we should be thinking very carefully about where this is going long term. Here's what I just saw. U.S. Air Force's B-52 bomber lands at South Korean Air Base for the first time. So, and that story was out this morning. They're not going to just send one bomber over there and say, hey, look, we, we sent a bomber over. Now, that is probably the first of, of many Well, that's in come. South Korea. That's, a, that's still quite a hike from uh, the Middle East. You know, yeah, it is a hike from the Middle East, but still, you know. Uh, we have, what are we, we have, doing there with We it? have airplanes. We've been using B-52s. They they keep renovating B fifty twos. They take the old B. If you look at, well, they a got B- a new engine now, new radar. They got new avionics. Uh, That's exactly planes. right. You know, they used to have two. They used to have eight engines on a B fifty two. They used to have two little side by sides, four on each wing. So they had eight engines, and now they have like four massive engines on the B fifty two. They replaced it. They've gone through the entire shell. It may look like the same old plane, but they're not. They're not. No. They're completely renovated. They're they've restructured the airframe. As far as the skin, they've reskinned the planes. They yeah. take them down to San Antonio. They strip them. Yeah. They take all that aluminum or whatever it is off and yeah. they put all new on. Then they paint it. Then they rerun all the avionics, the the, the wires, the It has very the, the little original, everything. Very little original stuff on it. Very little. Uh, well, just the name, and now it's like the B fifty two J. Yeah. Um, and because I remember them doing that, they, you really the the uh, the bomber is a pretty good machine. Yeah. And you can upgrade that that basic design because that's all it is is a design that's been it flies high, upgraded. it flies fast. You know, it's interesting. There was a movie, Doctor Strange Love. They were in a B fifty two. Yeah, they were in a B fifty two. I mean, there are there are pilots of B fifty twos today whose grandparents were pilots of B fifty two. Oh yeah, there was a guy. What a uh, you know, not too long ago that was reunited fifty years later from the bomber that he used to fly, and it wasn't the same bomber, but it <laughs> yeah. was by its number. But that was it. Like like we said, they take them in, they tear them apart, and they essentially rebuild them, and uh, they're they're an amazing machine. Uh, Tucker Carlson was talking with uh, Doug McGregor about uh, terrorism in the United mm. States. Are we going to be fighting the war on two fronts? Um, what about the concerns of about terrorism in the United States in the wake of all of this? Well, I think they're very valid. Yeah, I, I think these concerns are very, very valid. We've had open borders now for the last two and a half years, but we've had an illegal uh, migration problem for the last three plus decades. We don't know who's in the country. We really don't. No one at Homeland Security can tell you who is here. The Europeans face something quite similar. They were bullied into admitting millions of Muslims from the Middle East and Africa. We've been bullied by our government to open the borders and let in effectively anybody who wants to come. So we don't know who's here, but we do know that Hamas, as well as Hezbollah, have positions in Mexico. Of the two, Hezbollah is much stronger, much larger, and much better equipped and financed. So we have to expect that once Hezbollah is in the war and we are against them and Iran, that much of our infrastructure will be at risk. Something as bad or potentially even worse than 9-11 could happen here. 
This brings us back to the whole issue of immigration and border security. We've essentially ignored it. The same politicians who are pushing for war against virtually everyone in the Middle East, which is what it boils down to in the final analysis, don't seem to have thought carefully about protecting us or our borders from all of the terrible things that we've seen in Israel. How much damage could these same people do to us in a shopping mall in the space of 15 minutes? It doesn't take much imagination to understand how dangerous this is. Do you think that this war, if it comes, and it, as, as you said, it seems like it is, um, how will that affect American domestic politics? War traditionally has been used by the people in power to shut down dissent. Can you imagine that happening in this case? Well, I think they'll try. Uh, fortunately, uh, thanks to people like Elon Musk, who uh, bought Twitter and ended the censorship or suspended it, uh, the truth does get through and reach Americans, but Americans will figure out pretty quickly if two things tend to happen at once. You have the, the war overseas and the war here, but remember the economy and the, and the financial condition right now. If you turn on any of the business channels for the first time in my memory, lots and lots of analysts are coming on and talking about the Fed having lost control, the rising interest rates, you know, the inability to manage and cope with the sovereign national debt of 33 trillion. And that's the tip of a proverbial iceberg. We already have Americans who are struggling with inflation anyway. Now we're looking at potentially scarcity. We've drained our strategic oil reserve for all intents and purposes. If the Strait of Hormuz is shut down, if the Suez Canal is closed, we're in a lot of trouble in the short run, that's for sure. How rapidly can we recover from all of this? How many refineries can we put back into operation? How much drilling can we do quickly? The answer is not very much. So draining that strategic oil reserve was a very serious mistake. Kind of amazing, huh? That's Doug, Doug McGregor. He's on with uh, Tucker on the latest episode of Tucker's uh, uh, Twitter program, which is heard yeah. by millions. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think the last I checked uh, for episode 32, uh, it had 20 million viewers. 20 million viewers. I mean, Tucker never had that uh, on his Fox no, he's It's doing great. Now, is that, was, was that 32 or 33? I thought it was 33. No, this is 33. I'm talking about 32. The oh, one yeah, I, yeah. Okay. One before this. I haven't checked the numbers on this one here. Yeah, well, it's a new drop, so it, but it will get up there and probably higher. I think he grows each time. I mean, he's he's found a new home, and uh, I can only imagine, you know, he's got to be getting sponsored. Well, I don't know. You know, we well, have a big audience, and you know how sponsorship goes. Yeah, you know, you wonder, uh, how is he making this thing work? I mean, is he being paid by uh, Twitter to be on on the site. No, I don't uh, think there's any money there, but it, he does. Well, you know, draw. Spotify pays uh, Joe uh, Hogan uh, hundreds of million. Well, I think a hundred million dollars. So a year, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's getting paid by uh, Twitter. Yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from Rogan, but you know how he started. Now, Did I say Hogan? The- I meant to say Rogan. Rogan. I was thinking. I was yeah. thinking of Hulk Hogan, and he's not getting paid a dime from no. from Spotify. <laughs> Although, I will say this about Hulk. He came out and he said, I wish I would have known 
Then what I know now, and he goes, by the way, it's all rigged, friends. (laughs) (laughs) I was like going, whoa. But anyway, but Rogan, back to him, you know, when he started out, it was just, it was a joke. Yeah, we'll get high before the show and we'll talk about whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But he's gotten politically driven. I don't know that he's the, you know, the, the expert aficionado, but I think everybody is... Things have changed so much. It doesn't matter whether you're liberal, you're you're moderate or conservative. You're ticked off at what a lot is of people going are going to change their views on politics as soon as there's a, a number of terrorist attacks in this country. Well, and it's going to happen. Kind of where, that's where I was going. I mean, you know, we are, we're used to having wars, except for the Civil War, and none of us were around then. And there's probably not enough rec, uh, recording of history of what really transpired. I mean, we see the bloodshed and whatnot, but in World War II, nothing happened in the United States. It was business as usual. Korean War, Vietnam War, business as usual here. Nothing happened here. Yeah, we saw some terror things here and there, you know, whether underground bombings or things like that. But the point is, we've been pretty much safe in the homeland. The worst that we had was 911. But if this happens because they have found now that there are cells all over the place in the United States. What is this what is this nation, this beautiful nation of ours, going to look like if that happens? Because they're not going to care about our monuments and our treasures, let alone your life or my life, you know. Uh Peter Ducey was on Fox uh yesterday and he filed a report on Hamas and Hezbollah. Listen. But the intel arm of CBP has a new bulletin out, and the headline is pretty alarming. It says in bold letters right at the top, foreign fighters of Israel-Hamas conflict may be encountered at southwest border. The Daily Caller got a copy of this material. It was distributed three days ago, and it's about Hamas, Hezbollah, or Islamic Jihad fighters exploiting the poorest border to get into the U.S. Part of the concern is that terrorists can see a ton of traffic down there. One, uh, rather, the new numbers 2.48 million encounters in a fiscal year, and among them at least 172 people from the terror watch list. That is 172 who actually came face-to-face with law enforcement and didn't get away. I uh, can't tell you how many times we've mm-hmm. said on this program here uh, that there are military-aged men, single military-aged men, uh, marching across our border. Some of them literally marching like they're a unit. Like they're a military unit. I mean, they have civilian clothes and they're not carrying weapons, but they are walking with the order of a military unit, you know? And people are saying, well, why, why so many military age young men coming into this country? And you have to, you have to realize folks, they're not coming in here to get jobs. They're not coming in here to better themselves. A lot of these people are coming in here to wreak havoc. And you heard what they said. They have, Hezbollah has, has camps uh, in Mexico along our border. Yeah. You know, with all of that said, I, 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 I'm just flabbergasted that we got this going on because, you know, you not only have that, these cells in here, that even if we stand down and things get resolved in the Middle East, they're here. Do you think they're going to go away and not do something? They are here to break things and blow them up and bring us to our knees and decolonize this country. Now, the other thing that's going on, they're finding now in cities all across the United States, 
that the voter rolls are contaminated with illegals, non-citizens, are you know thousands of voters in each community. You know, they're signed up to vote. They're registered. Well, many of the people, but that doesn't come as a surprise. Many of the people who demonstrated this past weekend in New York and in Dearborn, Michigan, and places like that, uh, who were pro uh, Palestine and pro Hamas, Mm -hmm. they're illegals. Many of them are here illegally. Uh, Many of them. Some have visas. How can we say we're going to have a fair and honest election? You know, we, we you know we don't even want to admit to investigating the last one. Anybody that goes, well, you know, there might have been a problem. Oh, you're a non-believer. You're, a, you you know, you're promoting fake news. Well, it's only fake news because you say it's fake news because you are a denier and do not want to sit there and at least take a look. Prove Do- me wrong. Donald Trump uh, is warning that the fighting we're seeing in Gaza is coming to the United States. Due to Joe Biden's open border and the unprecedented number of illegal border crossers that have entered the country after Hamas attacks on Israel earlier this month, millions of Americans suddenly wondered if an attack on the U.S. was coming next. Trump has uh, uh, the scary feeling that it is definitely going to happen here. And, you know, the sad thing about it is usually the guy is accurate. Usually the guy's right. Yeah. Uh, are we prepared you for know. this, folks? I mean, look at the guy who's the guy who's running our ship right now. When everything was turning to to goo in the Middle East over the weekend, uh, Joe Biden was strolling along the beach with Jill, enjoying the breeze. You know, with their feet in the water, and and, and it's like, wait a second. At least give the illusion that you care. At least pretend. Well, Don't just say from the podium, oh, I have to go to the situation room, uh, something, I have to take care of something. That's nonsense, Joe. You, you, you're trying to make up for screwing up this past weekend. Well, let me tell you something. When you see him strolling along with Jill, you see the beautiful ocean, the beach, and them alone, and everything is serene and nice. But that's really not the picture because – just out of the focus of the camera are lots and lots and lots of security. Now, when we talk about fighting breaking out here, let me tell you something. Uh, If you've never traveled abroad, I know like when I went in 90, whatever it was, five to the Rolling Stones in Berlin, I was part of a, ironically, a Budweiser promotion there. But anyway, when I went there and got off the plane in Frankfurt, I was met by armed guards, and they were there through your security checkpoints with their their automatic rifles and in full uniform, and you didn't talk to them, and you went through with your passport, passport, please, and you went through, and they were all over the place to keep the peace and watch for bad well, people. unfortunately, we're going to be like that. Yeah, but unfortunately, Europe isn't that way anymore. They they let their guard down big time. Uh, now they're paying the price. Even uh, Doug McGregor says it. Uh, uh, they have allowed in millions of strangers because they thought it was the touchy feely right thing to do, and now those millions of strangers are causing problems in their and, country. And we're going to have to. They're going to have to go back to that that vigilant uh, eye, watchful eye, with 
you know, military there. It's not police officers. It's military officers. And we're going to have to do that here. Macron, Macron has said, you know, Macron is a, a liberal and Macron is woke. Well, suddenly, uh, based upon the riots they've had recently in France, Macron has said, hey, they're going back. We're sending them back. The troublemakers, if they're here and they're, they're immigrants and they're troublemakers, they're going right back to where they came from, which is very unwoke, if you ask me. But uh, it's well, what. Well, he, he got his eyes opened, is what happened. There. I, I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, Tucker Carlson talked about uh, politicians and what's going on right now in the Middle East. Listen. Most politicians uh, follow public opinion. Right now, public opinion supports violence against Hamas, and if that includes the destruction of Gaza, so be it, we support it. Very few people look beyond that and understand the larger consequences. In the last century, or I I guess I should say in the early 20th century, uh, the great powers intervened on more than one occasion to prevent Turkey from being destroyed. Not because they loved the Ottoman Turks, but because they saw the alternative being chaos. Turkey had a role to play, therefore we want to preserve it. We have to think about Egypt. Egypt has been a good strategic partner for Israel. They've kept the peace there for decades. The Egyptians are now in a very difficult position. Uh, At least 100,000 Egyptian troops have been moved towards the border with Gaza, involving several divisions. Under great pressure from public opinion in the Arab world, in the Muslim world, they may have to engage the Israelis because no one will protect the population in Gaza. That, that's a terrible, terrible possibility, one that we don't want, because if that happens to Egypt and Hezbollah attacks from the north, that will bring in everyone else. And we're suddenly confronting a war on a regional level that is going to harm us economically, physically in many ways, but could threaten the very existence of Israel, which I think is the root problem here. We don't want Israel's existence threatened. We want to save Israel. We want to keep it intact. But we may not be able to do that if this war runs out of control. And let's be frank, historically, wars run out of control. They move in directions you never anticipated. So if you think you can plot this this route forward as Lindsey Graham thinks, you're crazy. Once this is unleashed, it's not manageable anymore. Uh, said a couple of you made reference a couple of times to the American citizens being held by Hamas. What do we know about them? Well, I think most of them uh, are American citizens who happen to be Jewish who are there to celebrate uh, during the holiday period or participate in this music festival we've heard so much about. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they ever anticipated anything like this happening. Yeah. The problem is, as we've said before, extracting them from this haystack is is nigh on to impossible. That's uh, Doug McGregor. He's on with Tucker Carlson. This is a very important episode. If you've never heard Tucker's uh, Twitter program, uh, you should listen to this one here for sure right. because he says a lot of important things, a lot of which, by the way, you and I have talked about over the course Absolutely. of the last month or so. Uh, but he he has the imprimatur. He, 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 this guy is a, a former... Uh, advisor to presidents. He is a military uh, veteran. He's an expert, Colonel Doug McGregor. And uh, I'm glad that Tucker went to him for the expert advice. It just validates 
how we feel about uh, Doug McGregor. We, I think he's terrific. You got to hear the episode. It's a, about a half hour long. You're not mm. going to lose a lot of your day, but it's important stuff. He says a lot more than what we just played this morning. It's on Twitter. It's on X, actually, formerly known as Twitter. It's on Tucker Carlson's verified site. It's episode 33. And by all means, you should definitely take a listen because you'll learn a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, the sad part about it is I think we're, we're just uh, like lemmings. We're just marching right towards this war. Uh, Helter Skelter. I, I heard, you know, Lindsey Graham, he has never seen a war. I've never heard the guy in my, my life say, we should think before we go into this war. We shouldn't get involved with this war. I've never heard him say that. All I ever hear him say when there's a possibility of a war, oh, we got to jump into it. Oh, we got to be involved. Now, listen, I think what happened on, uh, I think it was October 7th in Israel, was right. was a, a sin. It was criminal. It was vile. It was inhumane. What they yeah, did, Saturday, yeah. yeah, what they did was just awful. But now I'm thinking to myself, um, do we just go in helter helter skelter and destroy everything and kill everything? Uh, does that answer the problem? Does that help Israel's uh, image in the in the in the eyes of the world? Because you know that, like I said earlier, they're going to come out with pictures of dead bodies and broken children, and it's going to be horrific because these people, and by the way, I do, when I was listening to Doug talk uh, with Tucker, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, if Israel were to step down from this war, if Israel were to say, okay, we're not going to get involved with an all-out annihilation right now. We're not going to kill innocent people. We're just going to step back. I don't think the decision is all theirs. I think that Hamas, I think they're like uh, kamikaze pilots. I think that they think whatever the ends justify the means, right? I think they're going to they're going to excite more violence to get Israel to do this. I think they want Hamas wants the war. I think they're willing to die for the war. And, exactly. And, and this is the dilemma that they're in right now. And I think Israel knows this. You know, uh, rational, civilized people like you and I, Bill, would say, uh, maybe they should step back from this one because it's not going to end, end well. And I think smart people in Israel know that's going to be a, a bad PR move, but I don't think they have an option. I think Hamas... No. Hamas is in control here. Hamas is not saying, by the way, here are all your prisoners. We don't want any more war. We're sorry, Maya Koopa. That wasn't our. That wasn't what right. we intended to do. Uh, they're not saying that. They uh, the, go ahead, Bill. Well, no, go ahead and finish. I was just going to say the flaw of man is uh, hate. You know, you can't kill and wipe out hate because hate breeds hate, and it continues. So. We're fighting a type of war that you cannot win in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Now, I don't know how you, you know, change that, but this is I, this I, is hate, and I don't know where we're going as a country. I mean, I don't think we're prepared to fight a war in our country. In our country, no. uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking to myself when I'm hearing all this stuff. 
do I need to get more weapons? Do I need to protect my family? I mean, I'm, I, I don't know where we're going personally with this war. Is it going to affect people that I love? You know, and I'm, and I, I'm, it's a valid concern. You should be concerned about this. Right. Do not stick your head in the sand. We have strangers in this country right now who want to kill you. They want to kill you, okay? It's as simple as that. Well, you can have strangers in the country, and they can be good they, because they want to come here. But these people didn't come here to be a part of what we have. They're not, uh, they're not uh, assimilating to our way of life and learning, you know, our culture and our language. Yeah, no, but I, they I, are, I'm talking about they're coming here. I'm talking about units. Units. Yeah, there's units. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they're not here to assimilate in. They are here to be here so that they can disrupt us and yep. take us out. And there is a difference. So they, you know, the, the, I, I welcome anybody, but I don't welcome them to come in and hurt, kill. I don't welcome. Dangerous. I don't welcome uh, undocumented aliens in well, our country. Yeah, but, the, but any that, kind. I mean, it, with a... all due respect, they break the law when they come in doing that. They can be the nicest little family in the world. God bless them. I I welcome them here. Well, if they do it right, but if they decide, well, the hell with the laws. We're just going to. Then they are not here for good cause. If they come here legally, they're here for good cause. Otherwise, no, they're not. That's well, what I'm saying. So, well, I think that uh, we also you gotta have believe to believe in the American dreamer. You, you don't. We need also to come. have to remember that we still have 60,000 pounds, 30 tons of ammonium nitrate unaccounted for that has been yeah. stolen, unaccounted for. Mind you, it's out there. The stuff is, they've never found the stuff. Isn't there rocket fuel out there, too, or there was something? No, you're right. Up. There's a, there's rocket fuel that was stolen. That stuff is... Oh, wait a minute now. Okay, you got rocket fuel. There's probably some pipe hardware uh, Oh, sure. There. So you've got the makings of missiles. Absolutely. Do you know what they were making missiles out of in Gaza? What? They were the Hamas terrorists... We're digging up water lines and gas lines, mostly water lines, that were going into Gaza. And if you cut them into, these are PVC pipe. You cut them into the right length. I guess mm -hmm. I guess they're PVC pipe. Maybe they're maybe they're metal pipe. I don't know. But they cut them into the right length. They they shape they shape them like a missile. They pack them with explosives, and the darn things will go off. You you point them in the right direction, and off they go. Maybe they're not mm -hmm. guided. Maybe they're not uh, terribly accurate. But boy, they do a mess when they hit something. And that's and you're right. So if you have ammonium nitrate, you've got rocket fuel. You got some ingredients for bombs, missiles. You know, it, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm concerned about things like our water supplies. Our our water supplies. I mean, can they poison? communities these these people are here and our government our government well, has let us down they well have, that's one of the most vulnerable things you have is the water supply you go to the water treatment plant you contaminate it that goes out to everywhere yep. case in point you know you look up uh, there's uh, up in Massachusetts there, there's a town where, you know, they dumped chemicals. I think it's uh, TCE or something like that, which you're l wanting to ban. 
It causes cancer. It got into the ground soil, got into the ground table, the water and everything. It's contaminated. It has been for years. People up there are dying of cancer. And now they can put something worse in the water than cancer. Oh, sure. But I'm just saying, you know, we, what we took for granted, they're not going to take for granted. Hey, they're going to take advantage of us. Case in point, New York City, right? About eight mm-hmm. miles up upstream. They have these massive water pipes. They just renovated these things that go up, like I said, eight, 10 miles outside of the city, maybe 20 miles outside of the city, up to this large reservoir. Right. It's a huge lake that feeds the water into those pipes that go into New York City. You know they can't protect the entire borderline of that reservoir. I mean, they don't have guards, you know, every 10 feet protecting that water supply, although they should. They should. Right now, they should, because we live in in uh, very scary times. Um, so I, all I can tell you, friends, is uh, we have bad guys in this country. You should be concerned. You should take some precautions personally you maybe get yourself a uh, water sterilization system they cost about 300 bucks on amazon it looks like a large uh, industrial strength coffee urn uh, you pour the water in the top it goes through charcoal filtration it's all gravity operated no batteries include needed right it goes to the bottom container you have purified water you can literally with some of these uh, systems like the one i have you can go grab uh a gallon of water out of a swamp, you know, the, a, a contaminated, stagnant swamp. You can pour the water in the top, and by the time it's, it goes through the filtration system, the water is good enough to drink. That's the kind of thing everybody should have. Because you may, need, you may never need the stuff, by the way. By the way, you may never need the stuff. With the grace of God, you will never have a need to use any of this this equipment. I mean, I was thinking, like I said earlier, about buying a, another weapon uh, to protect. I mean, I'm not a gun person. Right. I'm not a gun person. I mean, I, I never go shooting, you know. But uh, if it's important that you protect yourself. It's important that you have the ability to protect yourself. There was a video over the weekend. Did you see it? A couple of guys tried to break into a house, uh, and they're mm-hmm. pounding the door, and they're pounding the door. These are thugs. They first right. they stopped by pretending they were police, and then the guy wouldn't let them in, so they started to bang the door. They were going to break into the guy's house. All of a sudden, the guy in the house fired a couple of rounds through the door, and fortunately for the bad guys, it missed them, but it got their attention. I'd never seen two guys fly off a porch faster than these two guys did. Uh, so yeah. they, it, it does have an effect. Um, yeah. Just be sure your gun is registered and licensed, though, if you have a gun in the house. That's, oh, that's, uh, for, one thing. that's for darn sure, Bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah some some liberal attorney will sit there, oh, well, you know, he was yeah. waiting for that. He's a murderer. You know, they, they don't look at the obvious, what was really going on. They're going to take you down. Well, and in some states, they have something called the castle law, which means uh, that's uh, your home is your castle. And if somebody tries to break into your house, you have a right to use deadly force. Other states uh, that are a little more liberal, um, a case in point, Massachusetts or Connecticut or places like that, you got to be careful. And like Bill said, you got to get a license. You got to register. If you have a concealed carry permit, make sure you have it in your wallet. 
and uh, mm-hmm. just to take whatever precautions you have to take to protect yourself. Um, did you hear about this? You know, there's a lot of other stories that are slipping under the, <laughs> under the radar. Um, right. An off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot has been charged oh. with over 80 counts of attempted murder after he alleged allegedly uh, attempted Hammered to shut with. off the plane's engines mid-flight on Sunday, causing the flight to divert to Portland. Flight 2059 took off from Everett, Washington. It was bound for San Francisco. Alaska Airlines said in a statement uh, it was operated by the airline, so it's actually it's, uh, the subsidiary of the airline, Horizon Air, but was diverted due to a credible security threat linked to a person in the cockpit's flight deck jump seat. It was a guy, it was a pilot who was a deadheading, as they would say, from one town to another. So he's sitting in the jump seat in the cockpit. All of a sudden, he starts to go for the the uh, engine shutoff uh, switches. And the pilot and the co-pilot, the active pilot and co-pilot, subdued him. They must they must have like handcuffs or something on the airplane other well, than yeah. other than but, guns. But now the question is, he cut off the engines. Was he a suicider? Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. He, he, you know, he was going to kill himself and eighty people on the plane. Eighty plus people. So what's on the he going to get for all of this? You know, because they they believe in certain cultures that. Oh, you know, they do something like this. Well, they haven't said the guy's name. Well, yeah, they did say his name. I think his name is after uh, his name was D- Joseph David Emerson, forty-four. He were, uh-huh. was arrested by Port of Portland uh, police. He was He's booked just an on. Idiot. He was booked on eighty-three counts of attempted murder, eighty-three counts of reckless endangerment, and a count of endangering an aircraft, according to uh, county sheriff's office booking records. So uh, he he'll be on ice for a while, but although you know it is Oregon, <laughs> and they are woke in Oregon, they may say he just had a uh, a, a bad moment. <laughs> right. Well, you know they they throw all these counts at you, and not all of them are going to stick. It is so that they have a big number out there, so that he's going to cop a plea, and no matter which way he cops, he might get, you know. Uh, you know, sixty of them thrown out. Thing is, but though, it he had eighty three people on the airplane. So how do you how do you cut? And they were all all the counts of the exact same thing. So how do you say? Well, this, these uh, charges are less. Of murder. These 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 counts are lesser than these counts. If they're all eighty, well, that may be the difference there. Because usually, when you when you go in and go after somebody, you come up with all the different little things. Yeah. And you give them a reason to cop. Now, it doesn't matter. He's gonna. He's gonna have. They'll. They'll. They'll cop something out of it. It's either the eighty-three people or the tampering with stuff, and all of them are serious. But it's. You, you gotta. It's a trap for him to figure out which one is the least harm to him. You see and where his uh, attorney will do that. You see where Stephen Colbert that. Uh, Oh, three time vaxxed. Yeah, three time vaxxed. He's got and COVID. He had to take last week off, but he was back last night. But there is a news update on that. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody cared. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> That's true. You know, I don't understand. I don't understand what what's the thinking behind the uh, the networks. There was a time when boy Johnny Carson owned, for example, even Jay Leno. They owned the nighttime. They owned nighttime. Uh, late night television 
nowadays, they have a minuscule audience because they're so partisan. And they, their whole act is beating up on Trump. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Even now, Trump's been out of office for two and a half, almost three years. And, uh, but boy. you know, there's a small sycophant audience for that, and it's guaranteed for them because they don't have the talent to sit there and go make it in the mainstream world. So they go there. Well, we'll just be a Trump hater. And, uh, the, you know, the, now you might go, oh, there's a lot of people that hate Trump. Really? Take a look at the poll numbers. But Biden's not worried, even though his numbers are sinking down into the abyss. Because they know they're going to steal. But Biden, there's nothing that the Democrats can throw right now at Trump that takes him down. He keeps going up because the people are, the vast majority are on to it. I see where Perry Johnson, Perry Johnson was a Michigan uh, businessman who was running for president mm-hmm. as a conservative. He uh, He's bowing out finally. He, he just couldn't get any traction. He tried. He bought uh, time on Newsmax, and he's, I guess, a wealthy guy, and uh, he's a conservative and a good guy. And, uh, when he bowed out yesterday, he said, I, I supported Trump in 16 and in 20, and I support him now. So he threw his support behind Trump. It may not mean much, a handful of people, because Johnson didn't have a lot of name recognition. But, but you uh, know, everything counts. Everything counts. Up. Exactly right. It, it didn't go to anyone but Trump. And uh, so... And I and I like Perry Johnson. He seemed I listened to him a few times on some of these uh, programs that he was on on Newsmax specifically, and uh, he was a smart guy. Um, I, you know, I, I often wonder how how a guy like Johnson doesn't catch on, doesn't, ca- and people like uh, Nikki Haley uh, gets a little traction. Mind you, that whole playing field is going to be gone very soon because even for example you saw Mike Pence he, he's like $650,000 in debt right now he's been he laid off a bunch of his staffers is he, it he or his campaign that's in debt he, he well he, he he loaned his campaign i understand he loaned the campaign some of his money i know well that wasn't a a, a brilliant move there no nope. and he wanted to be president you know, speaking of loaning money, you know, we talked about uh, the uh, check from uh, James Biden to to Joe, yeah. you know, and it was a payment based on everything else. And then, of course, Michelle Maddow, you know, the, the left, instead of going, hey, let's go and investigate this, uh, and Biden, who's sinking in the polls, they do everything they can to defend him. And she was sitting there doing her little diatribe, and uh, she was she was talking Who, about... Who, Rachel Maddow? Uh, yeah. What did I say? Michelle I Maddow. I don't know. Yeah, Ra- Rachel Maddow. Yeah. I always do that. I mean, you know, she's not, nothing to me. But anyway, she was talking about that, uh, you know, uh, you know, Comer was talking about all this. And, oh, he got it wrong because it turned out that Joe personally gave James a loan. And it was just a repayment. Well, she forgets <laughs> about the little coincidence of stuff. And may I remind the three stages of money laundering? The three stages <laughs> yes. of money laundering here. Can we Sta- can we be reminded of the three stages of money laundering, please? Yeah. Okay. Stage one: placement. The cash is placed in the bank. Okay. All right. Number two: layering, moving the money around and manipulating it 
or converting the funds into other assets to make the funds appear legitimate. Uh-huh. And then the funds are introduced into the economy and appear to be from a legitimate so, source. So, wait a second, Bill. Stage one would be the money coming from China to James Biden, right? Yeah. That would be the yeah. first stage. The second stage would be James Biden putting it into some legitimate account somewhere in the United right. States and yeah. kind of, and kind of swirling it around with real money so yes. it kind of gets lost. It, it intermingles. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he turns around. I think he did it on the same day. Yes, like, he did. He, he, then he coincidentally paid back his brother. Is that how? Right, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 on a loan. For yeah. the exact figure, I think, or close to the figure that was given by China? Yeah, uh, this is a shell game is what it is. But anyway, these are the stages, and I believe those stages were written, if I'm not, well, at least gone over by um, a couple of guys, Dodd-Frank. So That's know, interesting, you, Bill. I mean, the, these people are shameless. Uh Biden, I think I'm trying to find the cut uh, where he he smiled at the camera. Well, here it is, right here. Here's what Joe said uh, when asked about uh, all of this money, right? The bribery allegation, Congresswoman Nancy May says there's damning evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking, Mr. President. Where's the money? Where's the money? I'm joking. Yeah, I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> Yeah, but he the, said it. Uh, he said it almost like a challenge. Like, yeah, huh? Where's the concealing money? the origins of ill-gotten funds and introducing the funds into the banking system to make the money appear legitimate. That is just the generic thing. But we gave you the three stages, and there's enough there to sit there and say, "Yeah, uh-huh." And the eyes are apparently dotted and the T's crossed. And this is not the only incident of it. So you got to so go. So what do you think what do you think? Do you think he's going to get is this a lot of smoke and no substance? Is is Biden going to get uh pinched for this stuff or is he just going to skate like he has with so many other things? Well, because the left, you know, Rachel and crew are so quick to smile and be smirky and go, "Well, they didn't do their homework." No, they're doing their homework and there's part of what they found. There is more to release. And then, you know, her thing is, yeah, they kind of threw it out there and then kind of sat back because they realized they, they didn't do their homework. Well, you could say that because the news has the ability to throttle your story. Yeah, and, you know, almost. Well, in, in the meantime, Bill, we have this speaker situation, which is happening right now as we speak, and they're pushing the deep state, the 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 woke rhinos are mm -hmm. pushing this guy, Emmer. He, and Emmer, uh, he was a guy who, he doesn't believe in the Electoral College. He was uh, once a supporter of uh, a system that was being funded by George Soros. So mm -hmm. he made money through Soros. He mm -hmm. is not really on our side. Of the eight mm -hmm. people left that are running for the job, I think the guy in Pennsylvania, by the way, dropped out. But out of the eight right. people who are running for speaker, uh, the the least uh, the least qualified as far as being a conservative goes would be Emmer. Emmer is more mm -hmm. of a, a of a, a rhino than all of the other guys, uh, and yeah. he he called President Trump yesterday. 
or the day before yesterday, uh, soliciting his endorsement. And, and Trump was uh, diplomatic and polite. And he said, well, you know, uh, I, I, I'm looking at everybody. And, uh, but he wouldn't come out. Trump has said to people behind the scenes, don't go for this guy, Emmer, because he's the, uh, the weakest of all. Of the other other, of the candidates, so oh, he'll bend like you wouldn't believe. But you know, I was sitting there thinking about the news cycle, and I was thinking about what we just did—the three stages of money laundering. Mm -hmm. Could you not take that same cycle and apply it to the news? The placement of the bogus story, the layering of the bogus story, and then the integration of the bogus story. And what happens after you integrate it? It becomes reality. It yes. becomes real. It becomes a real story. For example, I use this as mm -hmm. an example. Many people believe that the 2020 election was stolen. Yeah. Okay. So what happens? With the, they actually go out and find proof, and they uh, they have video of people stuffing ballot boxes and stuff. But that stuff is ignored because the media inserts other stories, like you just said, the three stages. And yeah. finally, what happens after all of the insertions and all of the, the manipulation, now the general view is that anybody who believes the election was stolen is a conspiracy theorist and not paying attention. The people who have the facts or had the facts initially are the dumb ones, and the people who fell for the nonsense and the lie, well, they've got the right idea. You know, yeah. it, it, it's mind boggling. So it's news laundering is what they're doing. That's exactly like the right. Money laundering. And, you know, I, we just tied those two. Oh, I like together. that. Bill. That's paying attention, boy. Man. And I also like the term news laundering that yes. you, you just threw that out there. But that's what it is. It's news laundering, just like yeah. money laundering. We should actually publish that because... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should. Um, anyway, I, I haven't got much more. I mean, I, we could talk all day about so much yes, of this we stuff. Could. But uh, time is running out. Uh, we should remind our audience, if you want to contact us, uh, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com, and we launder nothing except our underwear. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to know that, Bill. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know how these stupid things, you know, what do you think, the mind of night. <laughs> where do you think, this is Tuesday, where do you think the uh, news takes us during the course of this week? Now, we're, we, they still are in this uh, countdown to an invasion do we see that invasion this week, do you think, or do you think that it's the, the temperature is, is lowering on the whole idea of an invasion? What do you think? I, you know, you're asking the wrong guy. I can't even manage a relationship to figure <laughs> this out. But, you know, and we do have a relationship because this is the news and this is, you know, we're married to this country yeah. and the, the good or bad that happens. So you have to be concerned on a daily basis. Hell, you have to be concerned on a minute-by-minute -minute basis because right now, as we speak, something could be going off in the world, and that's that. We and have uh, troops. Gone. You know, they're not being totally upfront about uh, what they're doing with troops. I mean, we're learning 
after the fact that uh, more Marines have been sent to the Middle East. We, we are learning after the fact that a third uh, naval group has uh, moved into position. Uh, and, you know, when you hear about a carrier moving into the, the uh, Middle East, there's a lot of support ships that go with that, destroyers oh, and things absolutely. like that. So it's not just one ship. We have a fleet of uh, ships that are in position right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you have uh, Chinese ships and you have U.S. ships uh, all out there, uh, you know, jockeying for position, uh, isn't that a recipe for an accident? Couldn't something happen mm. by mistake? Somebody hits the trigger by mistake. There was a movie out uh, back in 1967 or 66 called The Bedford Incident. If you haven't seen oh, it, yeah. you should that watch it. What it's about, it's about two warships who are uh, a Russian warship and an American warship, and they're facing off, at, uh, I guess, uh, up in the Arctic, uh, and they're in a situation where they've been told to stay in place and uh, protect something. And both sides are on edge, and their side, and the whole movie is this tension. Who's gonna, is it going to be a nuclear war? Or are they going to back? Who's going to back down first? And the movie ends with the line, the captain saying to somebody, a reporter, captain is saying to a reporter on the bridge, if they fire one, we'll fire one. And when he says that to the reporter, the guy who's in the room with his hand on the button, the real guy, who's not part of the conversation, instinctively, when he hears fire one, he fires the missile. That's the kind of accident that I think we have to worry about when you have all of these military ships in place. It's, uh, these are scary times. Well, they play war games. And you know what? They play chicken. They play chicken with billion-dollar boats or ships. No, they're not boats. Ships out there, your tax dollars and my tax dollars, because they don't know anything else to do. Well, the Russians are out there, the Chinese are over there, and we're right here. All right, why don't we maneuver close to the Chinese warship, and then we'll take a shot. Well, you know who does that more than nothing? Hard right runner. They do it more than we do. The Chinese love to do it. We we have uh, they call they call it professionalism. We keep our distance, but the Chinese love to, uh, like you say, uh, come up real close. They're doing that to draw you in because if they draw fire, they got to defend themselves. You know, Bill. Personally, I would say, Asta la vista, baby. Let's get out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, 
What do you do when you only have $260 million? 